Here we go, here we go. What up? This is the 20 by 20 podcast, and I'm your host, Nathan McFly, with... Shit, nigga, Woodrow, man. Shout out to the nation of domination. Yay! I don't know if we can yay, yay, yay it up right now, man. Nah, fuck that shit. Yo, we're gonna yay, yay, yay up right now, because to be honest with you, the vibes that we feeling out here in New York City ain't right, man. Shit ain't right, bro. Got niggas going out in hysteria, fucking cleaning out shelves. Yeah, you can't even buy no no pasta right now. I seen a dude that ass. I went to the supermarket on Thursday. Yeah. Before all the little hits. At least a day before, but whatever. But the line was crazy. We were online at the supermarket for like 40 minutes. Okay. This dude had two carts. And he had literally the whole box of pasta. Like, not a box of pasta, but a box full of boxes of pasta. I have something to combat that if you would like to do. Get zucchini. You, you have you have a... My son had a whole crate full of zucchini. Yeah, and you can oh, make that zucchini. shit into... Yeah, you make that shit into pasta, baby. Nah, man, it's, it's, not, it's not the time to be healthy, bro. It's oh. the time to stock up on all the non-perishables <laughs> and get your shit together. Because the COVID, it's out here, man. No, it's out here and it's running rapid. Yo, the shit's like Hulkamania in the 80s, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy, but that's a fact. Though. Nah, but you know, like, what, what I'm trying to say is, it's like, yo, like, everybody's getting, like, hysterical. And I feel like one of the things that's making people hysterical, especially here in New York City, is because we're such a big city and we're seeing it. At a rate, we've never seen something like this before, you know? And I just feel that people got to stop being so hysteric about it. Because even, like, there was this fucking um, psychologist who was talking about it. They're like, yo, watching the news, being on social media on the time, putting that 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 stress on your mind, fear. And that fear, that lowers your immune system. So then that makes you more vulnerable to whatever is out there. Dude, just live your life, my nigga. Get ready. If you weren't ready to begin with and, and, and you got yourself in hysteria, that means, yo, my nigga, you ain't really thinking about life, bro. Like, you just living day by day. I mean, look. I live, I live like two weeks out of advance, bro. Easy. I mean, look what happened to fucking Rudy Gobert, bro. He's a fucking stupid fuck. I mean, look what happened to fucking Spider-Man. Yeah, but Rudy Gobert made fun of this shit and then he actually had it. He just he spread it before he left. Which is crazy. This motherfucker touching microphones and wanna dap niggas. He probably gave it to everybody he dapped. And I mean think of like think of the situation where you have like Rudy Gobert. I was listening to um the Podfather, um, Bill Simmons, and he was talking about Nick's how, hater, he could go fuck himself. But anyways, go. I fuck so. He's not Nick's hater. Yeah, he's a bird. He's a bird. Anyways, go. Um What's up with Bill Simmons? You he's a bird. He's a bird. He, all he does is talk shit about New York sports because he's from Boston, so he could go fuck himself. Go. And my best Bill Simmons voice. Right. <laughs> um. What are we talking about? Yeah, I don't 
Shout out to the fucking sponsors, yo. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say, not for nothing, though. This is my first time drinking these Steve Austin Broken Skull IPAs. And not they, heavy. They got to be like the, the unofficial sponsor of the show. Not heavy. Because they got to be feeling nice. Nice, nice. Now, you say you were listening to Bill Simmons, the podfather, then. And he was talking about how, you know, it's scary out there. Rudy Gobert had, like, a conversation with a reporter. That reporter went and went to a fucking, like, a gathering of, like, a hundred other reporters that he was in contact with. So it's, like, easily like that, that shit could have spread crazy. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just from just from fucking Rudy Gobert, and, you know, God knows how he got it. You know, so it's I just know. it's scary out here. It's real. It's definitely real. You know, the hysteria. I mean, obviously, it's you know, obviously, there's always a chance that something like that could kill you. Um, but I know everybody's just trying to say like, oh, but the flu kills five thousand people every year. I think the bigger scare about it is because so there's potential for so many people to get sick. Yeah. And if so many people are sick, it puts a lot of stress on our health system, where hospitals and clinics and it's just going to be overpopulated with people that probably don't need to be there and that probably shouldn't have got sick in the first place. But in New York, it's looking crazy right now. It's looking like shit is going to be shutting down soon. They, like, mandating everybody to start working from home. But guess what? Schools. Them motherfuckers are going to still be open. And that's why, you know, which is crazy. I know we're kind of getting off topic of what the podcast is about, but this is is real life shit. You know, uh, my boy Woodrow working in the office, he's telling you his point of view. I'm going to tell you my point of view working for the Department of Education. It's not going to shut down. We host... The public school, the public school system hosts almost one million kids daily, and out of those, I think it's about eight hundred thousand kids. One hundred and seventeen thousand are homeless. So them coming to school is the only hot meals that they're going to get. Them coming to school is actually a chance for them to wash their clothes if they don't have money. Because in, in most public school systems, especially I work for District seventy five. We have, almost in every school that we have, we have washers and dryers because we teach ADL skills, which is just home and life skills. Like, you got to learn how to wash your clothes. You know, we work with special needs kids. At a time in life, they're not going to have nobody there for them, so they're going to have to be independent and know how to work with what they have. Another part of it, too, I mean, like, a lot of hospital workers and stuff have their children in school. If the schools are closed, then Who's the at kids home? can't go to school. Who's at home Who's with the kids? stay with the kids? Exactly. Then that means that the doctors, the nurses, and just like the hospital staff... Everything gets affected. Stay home. Everything gets affected. So, you know, I know like closing the schools is always like last minute shit, you know, in times like this because... But if you're... If right now you're saying that you're banning gatherings of 500 or more people, my man's... High schools alone house two, three, four thousand kids at one given moment, five days a week. You know what I'm saying? You don't know who's in their house. You don't know who who could have the virus in their house and then spread it out to a couple of thousand people. Scary. It's scary. Yeah, it's scary, man. But yo, big up to everybody in DOH. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh no, the DOE. The DOE, Department of Ed. (laughs) 
department of ed, you know what I'm saying? Like, because, you know, I, I know you guys are just dealing with, you know, so nah, many different you know, people. Like, it's so many different Scary. people, and then we're just trying to educate the kids on. Somebody has to see like, that. You know, actually being very mindful of everything right now, the way life is at the moment, regardless of their mental capacity, like, yo, they have to be mindful about what's going on right now. And that, that is, that's that's the job, and that's what we're trying to do, especially with the kids I work with. Yeah, little Johnny you know? come to school with little Roni. You know what I mean? But shout out to my boy Christian, bro. Shout out to my boy Christian. That's my guy right there. That's my guy. Wacko? Huh? Wacko? Oh, no, no. I'm talking about one of my students. Oh. <laughs> They're talking about one of our friends. See, no, I don't know how he found I don't know how he found the podcast on Instagram, but he bought himself a shirt, so holla uh, at him. What's his name? Christian. Yo, Christian, shout out to you, bro. Get your shit together. <laughs> He's a good kid. He's a good kid, man. Man, I love him. But uh, we're already 10 minutes in. So let's uh let's get into what's going on. And one thing I really wanted to talk to you about, Woodjo, is these new these new um that uh Jesus Christ, my, my mind's on somewhere else. But like promotions, not even promotions, but like these new these new things that they're doing on the WWE Network right now, okay. like these original programmings that they're doing. Yes, involving uh the ruthless the ruthless aggression era. Yes. And also evolving, like the basically like you know, the comings and and everything that built together to make FCW, which was NXT before NXT. Right. This I'm loving right now, bro. Like I, I'm really, really loving this because I'm thinking to myself, I was like, damn, you know, like how much can we really hear about the Monday Night Wars? How much can we really hear about the Attitude Era? Like, there was different eras in pro wrestling, and I feel like everything up to the Attitude Era was documented heavy. Of course. So it's like, what else are you going to do? And they went into the next era after they bought WCW, and they were trying to think, like, yo, where do we go from, from here? They went into the Ruthless Aggression Era, which was a great, great series. The first five episodes, I think they're coming back in in the fall so they gave us five episodes to basically simmer with until they come back and everything i seen there especially the last two episodes i feel like they focused heavily on brock lesnar and i'm very confident in saying brock lesnar might be the goat the goat of what the goat of professional wrestling like the goat goat, like better than Hogan listen, goat. Listen, his first stint in WWE was only two years. He came out of Ohio Valley Wrestling, which was another developmental territory of WWE. Okay. He breezed through that shit. Came up to the main roster. Basically breezed through the main roster. Okay. And within five to six months, he was WWE champion. But he also had, you know, he was coming in with a lot of energy because he fucked with UFC. No, 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 no. This is before UFC, my man. This is him fresh out of college, going into the developmental of WWE 
at the moment, and then going into the main roster. So he, this has nothing to do with him being in UFC. So he did UFC after after he he went into the NFL after the WWE. Hmm. Was one of the last people cut by the Minnesota Vikings. He was he was gonna make it, but I'm guessing they didn't have cap space for him, so they had to cut him. Hold so on. then he went into so then he went into UFC. So he came up through first. he came up through the developmental territories of the WWE. Wow. You know what? I did not know that. There you go. That's why you gotta you gotta see all this original programming that they have on the WWE network. And I'm telling you, the WWE network is gonna probably their subscribers are probably gonna go up with this coronavirus shit. Especially if they're not gonna have new, you know, new content on TV. Right. If it gets to that point. You know what I'm saying? He was a he was a champ in uh in college, wrestling from Minnesota. And then he gets into the developmental system and like basically blows the shit out the water, bro. Like one one of his biggest matches in his young career was a non-title match against Hulk Hogan, who was the champ. Can you believe Hulk Hogan was the champ in, like, 2002? He was the undisputed <laughs> WWE champion. I think it was, like, 0204 around there. But whatever. He beat him to a pulp on an episode of SmackDown. Like, when I mean beat him crazy, fucking Hogan was bleeding out the mouth. Like, you know, this is Hogan in his 50s fucking with a nigga that's, like, 24, 25 years old. Young Brock. Imagine Young Brock. Brock doing shooting star press from the fucking top rope. That's the Brock he was fucking with at the moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and in two years, Brock. in two years, he was two-time WWE champ. Mm. Had an amazing match with Kurt Angle where he almost broke his fucking neck in WrestleMania 19 doing a shooting star press. He landed on his head. And still finished off the match and went out of there. Just the way he bum-rushed the fucking industry. Having matches with people that, you know, people thought of them as, like, big, hulking figures. He was making these motherfuckers look little. The first time he won the championship, he beat The Rock for that shit. This is when The Rock was The Rock, my nigga. This is when The Rock was like, all right, all right. he's settling off into the sunset and going to Hollywood. This is when The Rock made Hollywood twenty, you know, his 24-7 job. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so Brock Lesnar was the one that took the rock out, basically. Yeah, that's how that's how they that's how they called it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like he had monumental wins in his young career. Of course, you know Latino he took the belt from him, which was a fucking phenomenal moment. But where that ruthless aggression, that uh, part one. Fire and, and, and I showed so, a lot of love to to Eddie. Yeah, hell yeah, Eddie was instrumental in that ruthless aggression era because he I was appreciated that he he was big on SmackDown during that time, and it gave me a, a, another sense of appreciation for John Cena as well. You know what I'm saying? Like just just the way that he came up. He also came up through OVW. and everybody seeing that they thought he was the next big thing, and yo, he really had to work for it. And I remember him coming in as like John Cena, like, eh, 
All right, you know, he's just like a rinky-dink wrestler that's really good in the ring, but what else is coming after that? He had no character. And this is something that we were talking about with Ricochet. You're great in the ring, but where's the character? He, they heard him rapping in the back of the bus, and that became what, it ha what happened. That was the doctor of thugonomics, and that's what made him into what he was. Stephanie McMahon is your... Stephanie McMahon is your... Is your... Um, Suge Knight. Word. Dancing all in the videos. <laughs> she was talking about Eric Bischoff, right? But um, nah, man, like, <laughs> like you know, like it, it just gave me a a great sense of appreciation for talent that like when they come back or they're still there, and I see how certain people like view them. I'm like, nah, man, like. These motherfuckers helped make way to where we're at. Like they, they carry the torch and let it let it keep going. And I feel like Brock Lesnar was in two years for him to be so dynamic and then come back. Like this is his biggest run. His second run with WWE. We're talking ten years already. I think eleven, if that. I think it's a no 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 nine. I think he came back in 2011. Either 2011, 2010. And it's crazy because he came back with a feud with John Cena. He and then when he came back, he had lost to Triple H. I mean, it lost to Cena, but got those wins back and got him big. You know what I'm saying? He got him real big those wins back. And ever since then, it's like, all right, cool. Talk all you want with John Cena or not John Cena with with Brock Lesnar being a part time champ and all that shit, nigga. That's what I say. The champs in fucking New Japan that everybody is, is in awe about when it was fucking um, Okada. Dude, he wasn't defending that shit all the time. He had that belt for over two years. Defended it 14 times. And everybody thinks he's the fucking God. Mm. And it's like, yo, my nigga, yo, Brock Lesnar's out here. Yeah, this one year he had 10 matches under his belt. I think it was like 10, 12 matches. All of them were title defenses in one year. And he'll he'll pop up, show up, you know, do his little promos here and there. He knows what he's doing and he's working it, bro. It's like, yo, we don't need like you said before. You said this before on the podcast. We don't need to see the champ all the time. You don't gotta be there. You don't gotta always be fighting and all that shit. It doesn't have to be that. No, yeah, he should be there, but he definitely yeah. should not be wrestling. We think about it, he's there. If he's there once or twice a month, he's there. Because there's only four Raws in a month. So it's like, where, well, and then he's doing he's doing house shows every once in a while. I mean, honestly, I prefer that over non-title matches. You know, like, I prefer... He's never had a, a non-title match, coming bro. through. You know what I'm saying? That's some non-title... Yeah, that shit is bullshit. Yeah. So, and then, it's just, it's just, I, I think about shit like shit. that. I think about shit like that. You know what I mean? And I'm like, yo, Brock. Brock is major league, bro. Major league. He looks the part and he makes you believe it. Because he's a badass, bro. He's a badass. And to be honest, everybody's saying how Jericho's the GOAT because he's out here all day, every day doing him. And I can't take that from him because he still looks great in the ring. But Brock, he's about 44 right now. 
couple years younger than Jericho. Can put people over. 42. Put at put at forty two. Put ass in seats, and give you a great match, whether it's a minute or twelve minutes long. I'm sorry. I'm. I think I got. I, I'm just very sold on that, bro. Like watching the ruthless aggression uh, series, I'm very sold on that. And every and another thing I'm sold on. Everybody always talks about how Triple H buried everybody, but nobody talks about how Triple H took people out of the gutter. People don't talk about how he made Randy Orton, he made Batista, he gave Ric Flair new life doing Evolution. That was his idea. Mm. Nobody talks about that shit. With Evolution, he gave us two two new main eventers in Randy Orton and, and Batista. Two new champions. He resurrected an old character that's timeless, my nigga. Without that resurrection, where, where would Ric Flair be right now? Would, would fucking Offset make Ric Flair drip? You know what I'm saying? Would niggas be quoting Ric Flair all over the fucking place? Probably not. Come on, son. It... That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm don't get don't get me wrong. Ric Flair is up there as well as one of the goats. But there was a time where WCW basically buried him, made him look like a fucking uh, a senile viejo, my nigga, over there taking his clothes off, dro- dropping elbows in the ring with his fucking boxes on and shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? Uh, I'm that, that's just that's just me. That's the way I'm thinking right now after watching all this shit. Uh, yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Again, I wasn't here for that. That's why I'm telling you, you gotta watch it, man. I seen part one. Part one was amazing. You gotta watch it all through. They got five episodes. Oh, it's five of them. Five episodes, man. And another thing they just came out with, uh, I think it was like two weeks ago, they did a doc about FCW. FCW being the developmental before NXT. I saw the trailer to that. And we're talking with FCW. Like, not even only that. Think of the people... They came out of WWE Developmental. And we're talking about OVW, Deep South Wrestling, FCW, all the way to NXT. We're talking about John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Batista, Shelton Benjamin, Drew McIntyre, Biggie, Kofi Kingston, Xavier, Bella Twins, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Charlotte, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, Sheamus, The Rock, wow. Kurt Angle, Bray Wyatt, and The Usos. And that's just to name a few. A few? And then niggas say that WWE don't make stars. Mm. Listen, I love wrestling as a whole. I watch everything. You feel me? I watch everything. I watch New Japan. I watch ROH. I watch Impact from time to time. I'm not going to front. WWE, NXT, AEW. I watch all that shit. But listen, you got to give respect to where respect is due. These motherfuckers make stars. I agree. You know what I'm saying? And then the whole way FCW came about with uh, Steve Kern. You know who Steve Kern is. You might not know the name itself, but it you does know. sound familiar. You know why you know Steve Kern? Remember Skinner? Mm. The Alligator Hunter? Yes. That's Steve Kern. Oh, shit. 
president of FCW. He's the one that built it together and worked with WWE in building that. Put a team together of Dusty Rhodes, Norman Smiley, and Billy Kidman. Right? Training all these people. You know, of course, Dusty Rhodes held the promo classes. You know what I'm saying? And it's just that a culmination of people guiding these young and then you see these people young Drew McIntyre young Xavier Kofi Big E Ambrose Rollins Ro- Roman all these people young and then the one person they, that stood out to them they said the whole time especially during promo class that everybody was there they wanted to see this nigga do his promos Bray Wyatt oh so he's been good he's been good since the, since the beginning nice you know what I mean? <laughs> but, yo, <laughs> I think you're going to like this one. So, uh, not Zach, right? Kerr Hawkins, he's like, yo, I always look for, like, you know, like the people that weren't really good in promo promo class to go to go up after. He's like, I didn't want to go after, you know, like Bray Wyatt. I didn't want to go after this person or that person because you can't follow that up. So, he's like, the one person everybody used to look for to go after in promo class was this this Puerto Rican nigga. You know what his name was? Sweet Poppy Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> From FCW? Yeah. Oh, He's shit. like, there's going to be a helicopter. And it's going to say, Sweet Poppy Sanchez is the best. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he had the lisp, the accent, everything. It, it was... Nasty. They showed him? Yeah. Oh, shit. It was nasty, bro. <laughs> Had a gap, everything. It was Puerto Rican? Yeah. Yeah. Boricua. <laughs> but um, it just, it, like, all these new programming on the WWE Network, it's really given me, like, I always have respect for all these, all these athletes that are in the ring, but it just gave me more to look at. You Show know, the like, journey. Show the journey a little more. And it's like when all these people are like, oh, this person doesn't deserve it. Why is this person there? What did he do? It's like, yo, you you don't know their their vote. You know what I'm saying? You could just think you know what happened. But once you see shit like this, it's like, come on, bro. It's inevitable. Like, they deserve everything that's coming for them. It adds another level of respect to what yes, they're doing. exactly. Like, Charlotte said, when she came into developmental, if you would see her, now you'd be like, God damn it. Esa, esa, esa chica está plática. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? But whatever. She said, she's like, I didn't know how to be sexy. They said, be sexy in front of the camera. She's like, I didn't know what the fuck that was. She's like, I, I was a cheerleader and softball player. So she's always been athletic. She's but sexy she, now. Shout out to Andrade. That's wifey. <laughs> but, Lord, uh, that's right. You know, like... I did it for my green card. She... <laughs> right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know he did it. I know he did it. <laughs> like, she's just... <laughs> she's just developed so much. If From a person that didn't know the business to where she's at now, where she is at the top of her game, and she is the top female... Yo, anybody, yo, talk, talk your shit. But to me, the one closest to that is Oscar. Like, Charlotte's right here, then to me, this is to me, Nathan McFly. Got Charlotte, and then you got Oscar 
and Shayna Baszler, and then like Charlotte's like, I mean, um, Sasha's like creeping. She's creeping there. But after that, like, you know, like, everything is just, you know, Hold on. a tussle for me. I don't know. Oscar? Yeah, I think Oscar's fly in the ring. I like her whole being. Like, I like everything she does. Holy shit. That's just me. Naomi, mad respect to Naomi, too. Man, maybe next time I won't smoke during the Oscar match. Don't, don't, don't. Not at all. Yeah, I tend to, though. <laughs> I tend to. But I, 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 Why? Because she talks like, I'm digging the other one. Nah, it's not even that. It's just. I just, you know how I feel about women's wrestling. Yeah, I know, I know. Any of them, like, but personally, yo, it's like, overall. Nah, don't be like that now. It's getting better. Don't be like that now. Yeah, I'll tell you, Shayna Baszler, if I see her on TV or I see that she's going to be on TV, I'll watch. Okay. That's a, that's a big, that's a big move because, like you said, that was a smoke break for you, bro. Shit's is nice. <laughs> that was a smoke break, baby. But, um... Yeah, man. Oh, and then another person. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to I forgot about this person. But one person that they all talked about, all these people coming up from developmental, they all talked about was Dr. Tom Pritchard. Now, if you don't know who Dr. Tom Pritchard is, I know you know who he is. One, he's the brother of Bruce Pritchard, original brother love. Two, you remember the body Donna's? Right? Yes. It was Skip and... Zip. Zip. He was Zip. Mm. You remember the Heavenly Bodies? <laughs> when um, they used to come out with Jimmy yes. Cornette? Yes. He had the long curly hair. Blonde hair. That's uh, That, that right there is Dr. Tom Pritchard. Mm-hmm. That's him. But he's known as like a great wrestling mind, a great trainer. He's trained so many different champions. And he was there in the beginnings of FCW. You know what I mean? Like, just molding all, all this great talent, bro. And then we see it today. We see it in NXT. We, they take a whole bunch of dudes out of the indies that are not ready for that main camera yet and make them ready. Right. You know? So, it's like, for everybody out there that swears these people don't mold young talent and try to get the best out of them or see where they fit in entertainment aspect of the business, you guys are bugging. You guys are bugging. But, uh, yeah. That's what I gotta say about that. Caso said out of bro. But, uh, yeah, man, um, right now, with the coronavirus running rampant, Corona Mania, <laughs> it's fucking up WrestleMania. Just crazy. Which which is insane to think that either WrestleMania is not gonna fall in April, that it might be in the summer, or that we won't have a WrestleMania at all this year. And I know Vince is fucking sick about it. I don't think he is. Come on, this is the same guy that continued with a fucking bullshit pay-per-view event after Owen Hart fell to his death. So True. he's sick right now. He's like, I don't give a fuck about these fucking people and the coronavirus. <sighs> like that? No, maybe not like that. Maybe he said a little nicer. But but he's, he's still the same person that said this. 
Sometimes it's important for business and sometimes in life to take a half step back. That's what we decided to do when we uh, started this brand extension, as we call it now. You must be looking at me like I have two heads now. Sometimes I guess I do. But to hear someone say, wait a minute, let me get this straight. You intentionally took a half step back. Yes, we did. And, and it's important to do that so you can take two, three, five, ten, a hundred forward. On occasion, you have to take a Yeah, he was talking about taking a half step back as far as the but, direction of the company. But this is a half step back. Not taking a half step back because it's morally right. But regardless, him taking it half or a full step back is morally right in the company's in the company's view. Because you got to understand, like you keep on going with WrestleMania, how are you going to be viewed at viewed towards the public? You're putting the public in jeopardy of something that's going on right now and is going on crazy in the Florida area with this coronavirus. I mean, to be honest, I wouldn't even mind WrestleMania being in the summer. Wouldn't mind that. Boy, like, you move SummerSlam? Dude, put WrestleMania in the beginning of the summer in June. Move. move. SummerSlam is usually, like, in the middle, third week of August. Move that shit to the last week or the first week of September. I feel like this shit is going to be around for a little while. I don't feel like this shit is going nowhere. Yo, it's probably gonna be here. It's gonna, it's probably gonna run rampant until next January, at least in the states. Yeah, so I don't see there being a WrestleMania. You don't see nothing happening, unless you have like a WrestleMania how you had SmackDown. Nah, that's not happening. That's not happening. I would hope. Why not? That's not happening. Yo, do you know how how much I loved hearing the referee go like, "Hey, let him go." <laughs> One, two. I loved all that shit, bro. All the fucking grunts and the fucking. But, you can hear the punches. I loved all that shit. No, like I, I, I loved it too. Like I, for some reason, that empty arena shit had me more engaged with the product. Well, what's going on in the ring? The, you know, like the little little promos and all that shit. Like it had me more engaged for some reason. I don't know what it was. Really don't know what the fuck it was, bro. It was always funny though seeing like the wrestlers, their entrance come to the ring, and like still looking to the crowd, knowing that no well, nobody's, nobody's there. there. <laughs> They're just looking at empty seats, pointing at empty seats and shit. Yo, like the, the Sasha Banks did this one move in the ring, and then she she looks into the camera into the crowd, like she's looking into the crowd with like a like a fucking scumbag look, like yeah, you know, like it's I'm like, like bitch, we I, see you. Yo, Nobody but the, the star of Friday night was Triple H. Yeah, why 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 was he like the commentator? Well, you know, the perform the performance center is the home for NXT. A lot of NXT talent, the ki- the guys from the main roster there that are basically rehabbing themselves to come back to the to the main roster, they go through there. And that's all that's his baby right there. You know what I'm saying? So for him to be there and just the way he was, like the way he was getting hype with Mojo Riley and, and and fucking tossing around fucking Michael Cole, him at the him with the camera, and just doing little little stupid shit like that. It was just entertaining, man. Did, did anything significant happen during this raw? You mean SmackDown? Oh, SmackDown. That face to face with John Cena and the Fiend. Mm, yo, yeah, 
John Cena kind of went in. Yo, but John Cena He is always does always, that. Always, but he's always gold on the mic. And The Fiend held his own. Nah, yeah, for sure. Going back to Bray Wyatt. Before he's been doing came, this. Before The Fiend came out, though. Before Bray Wyatt came out. John Cena was kind of like shitting on yeah. this nigga. But he was just getting, he was just stirring the pot. He was simmering the pot, baby. He and, was like getting at Bray Wyatt. No, yeah. Saying like, yo, don't don't blame me for your failures. And then Bray Wyatt came in and just turned the shit upside down on him, bro. Right, right. Which is beautiful. Yeah, this guy is a fucking prick sometimes. Who? Um, John, John Cena. Yeah, but you gotta be. You gotta be in this fucking in this game, bro. All the wrestlers said, like, yo, you can't be soft. Shout out to hip hop. Word. Cause that that shit was that shit was like fucking state property versus fucking uh D block right there, my nigga. Word <laughs> Yo, shout out to the person who put I think it was the locks uh fuck you over AJ Styles promo going at the Undertaker. Oh, that shit was fire, bro. Whoever did that, shout out to you. Um, the Black Announce Table, they put that out. Shout out to them as well. They got a dope-ass podcast. But, um, yeah, man, that shit, that shit was fire. That shit was fire. But with this coronavirus thing, like, where do you see it going? Like, do you see it going to the point where maybe i are not going to have any more live shows until sh- shit kind of simmers down. Yeah, I feel like the in the direction they're moving right now, they're expecting like a situation to develop where they don't have these type of events all the way like after the summer type shit. So that's it. Everybody get the network. And with all that new original programming. And there you go. I mean, Netflix is definitely going to kick off this shit. Yeah, you definitely. Fucking like, whoever got Disney Plus, you know. It's just, a, but just, it, it's crazy because look, with AEW, they just canceled their Rochester, New York, um, Dynamite. I don't know what they're gonna do to replace that, but all I know that's canceled. I haven't heard of any uh, of them replacing anything. And then they, the next week, they were supposed to be at the Prudential Center. Already, the state of New Jersey talked about any any big sporting events. It's a done. It's done till yeah. for the next thirty days. Yeah. So we already know that's not gonna happen. Uh, WWE was supposed to be in Madison Square Garden next Sunday. That's not gonna happen. Cuomo put it out that no gatherings more than five hundred people is gonna be done. Like this, this is gonna stop. The way I think people view the product, like, I feel like some certain people, they might just go, you know, back to old shit, watch old shit, just, just, just for the comfort. But for the casual fan, they just tuned in. Do you see them tuning in after everything is back to normal? Or would it be like, ah, let me just wait until something catches my eye, then I'll tune back in. I mean, it depends how they do it, you know? Like, if they acknowledge the gap, because it, it, it can give them an opportunity to kind of reset, reestablish everything, like bring everything back together. Um, I think they have an opportunity to, 
to do just that, like to slow everything down and and continue like a buildup. But I just don't feel like I feel like this is gonna be for a while. So, like, do you continue to have these empty arena? It's only it's only for so long. It's only for so long you could do that. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you? How long do you do that for? Yeah, who knows, man. I mean, Vince is still going on with the with with the mind state of WrestleMania is still happening because WrestleMania is only three weeks away. But let's say WrestleMania is not happening. If WrestleMania is not happening, you shut everything down. Depending the severity. You know what I mean? Because they're doing everything in Orlando right now. But what I'm saying is, I but ho- I understand. No WrestleMania. I understand what you're saying. No WrestleMania. Where do the storylines go from there? Right. Exactly. Either you have those matches at the performance center, but how like how impactful would it be? You know what I'm saying? Because if you're gonna really do WrestleMania at a later date, how do you keep prolonging the storylines? Now it's up to creative to add in new material for the next couple of months in order to prolong the storylines and make them seem something when WrestleMania fighting happens. That's it. So to me, it's the only logical thing. You know what I'm saying? But what's also logical is the 20 by 20 podcast is going to still be here every fucking week. You know what I'm saying? Young quarantine. You know what I mean? It's already what I do, man. I'm a fucking introvert. I'm already out here in the crib all the time anyway. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. We're still going to be here. We're still going to try to give you a new, a new form of this podcasting shit. Yeah, but... What will we do if there's no wrestling? Listen, we got ideas. That's not what well, we're, we're gonna tell them everything we're gonna do for the next couple of weeks. I'd rather not. Vince is like, you know what? We're gonna have to pull the plug on this. AEW is like, you know what? We're gonna have to pull the plug on this. I'm sure House of Glory will still be throwing events though. Like, nah, fuck. Yeah, that. but they don't. Nah, nah, they're not gonna be throwing events. They they eat. They get easily over 500 people on them joints, bro. They're not throwing events. It's all good, bro. It's all good. Excuse me. I didn't mean House of Glory. I meant... um, Ring of Honor? No, the one that's in the gym. Oh, ICW? ICW. Who knows? They've been been doing really good with their events out in Jersey. I I talked to the owner. He's talking about that they're not trying to throw events in New York anymore because he wants to take it back to that ECW bloody shit. And they only could do that shit out in Jersey. They can't Mm, do it in New York no more. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's pretty dope. I'm like, all right. I'm like, I understand that, but you got niggas fucking stabbing niggas with chopsticks and shit. I was like, all right, cool. Oh, I seen some crazy shit on Botchmania. What, with the shit he just pulled it out? Nah, it was like, the dude was like all the way up where the fucking lights are. Mm. And he went to like do a fucking moonsaw to land on the table. And he missed everything. His fucking like ankle hit the table. Yeah, he missed everything. I saw that oh, shit. Oh, it was terrible, bro. It was fucking terrible. Well, another another event they got going on with no crowd is uh, this week's Monday Night Raw that's coming up. And it was supposed to be a big Monday Night Raw. It was supposed to celebrate 
Austin because it's 316 day. What kind of celebration are we going to see, bro? I, I want to see Triple H get drunk. Get drunk with Austin because he's known as like the fucking, as the goody two-shoe. Like he's never get drunk. He don't really drink. He don't do nothing. Let that nigga get drunk on camera, bro. Are you saying Austin's going to be there? Yeah. Austin's going to be there at an empty arena. Who the fuck is going to throw Austin a beer if nobody's there? Oh, uh, the cameraman. Wow, that's pretty whack. That's the, that's the person that always threw him the beer. Oh, for real? Yeah. Oh, shit, nice. <laughs> I thought it was like random. <laughs> no, not random fans. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> that would have been dope, though. But, yeah, can't picture Austin, you know, the glass splat, um, Gla- glass breaking. <laughs> like, you're, you're used to hearing the crowd after that glass breaks. Hearing no crowd, Austin, like, just, who's he cursing at? Who's he upset at? There's nobody there. There's nobody there. And into the oh, you're not gonna hear what is he gonna go what that honestly I'm not mad at that <laughs> that was one thing that I actually appreciated mm. not hearing that stupid fucking what shit I'm over that shit okay but just I can't picture Austin getting into the ring going from uh, turnbuckle to turnbuckle um with no crowd there. So that's going to be pretty interesting to see. And then putting up... I probably picture him just... Maybe they'll... Commentating or doing some like interview type shit. Or yeah, maybe they'll do what they did with Roman. They had him come out. You know, Roman made sure like he thought that the crowd was there and then just walked to a chair and had an interview. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. That was pretty funny. But um, I think what they can do is have like a satellite feed from his crib. You know, and like, you know, have somebody there at his crib at the Broken Skull Ranch mm. interviewing him and, you know, talk about all his all his ventures. Like, what they got to do right now is basically feed the time. I feel like that during these times, Raw shouldn't be three hours. It's, gonna be way too fucking hard to fit three hours of mute television <laughs> you know what i'm saying like cut it down to two because what they did with smackdown was genius within those two hours they played it well oh man one thing we forgot to talk about smackdown i totally oh man i can't believe i remember it now but daniel bryan bro raising up another talent in drew gulak always thought drew gulak was fire but them two as a tag team together, it's going to be really, really interesting to see if they go that route. Really interesting to see. It's like... Yeah, I they, saw them. It's like DB and DB Jr., bro. Yeah, it was it was a good look. Definitely had a fucking amazing match at Elimination Chamber. But um, going back to Raw, I feel like that's what they need to do. They just have to do things differently to, to take up time. I mean... Go, you know, having a satellite feed to go, you know, talk to Austin and having a couple of matches here and there, just like promos in the ring. Both competitors have to be there, just the way they did with Fiend and and John Cena. Just to have that type, that dynamic, like you have to make it look more, more serious because there's nobody there. So it's only you and that person. So it has to have like a serious feel to it. Word. To make it feel like something. Word. If you're still pushing the WrestleMania idea, you gotta make this shit feel like something. You gotta have the people at home when that camera zooms in to those characters, 
yo, people got to be engaged, in tune. Like, holy shit, what's, what else is he going to say? Like, right. now, now we're going to see the talent and the character within these guys that are in WWE. You know what I mean? I feel like this is this is a, a show and prove moment for them. I mean, even a moment where, you know, there's a lot of a lot of fucking negativity going on, but this is a show and prove moment. That's how I feel. For sure. Depending on how Raw goes this week will determine the rest where of we the, go from there. Yeah. Cause if 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 you can get raw off with no fucking crowd, I feel like you can probably get everything off. Well, SmackDown had a, a bigger rating than last week. Really? Because I'm sure people were just like, yo, I want to see what the yeah. fuck it looks like with no crowd. This shit is crazy. <laughs> when I put that up on our feed, somebody said, yeah, because there was no, nothing else on TV. <laughs> ha- has uh, WWE or any other wrestling ever done that? No, I mean, WWE was always known to have that empty stadium match between The Rock and, and Mankind. Oh no! Yeah, I remember. You that. know, like it, that, that stuff, like like having an empty stadium show, empty arena show, yeah. like hasn't been done. Wow. You know what I mean? At least in sports entertainment, within wrestling, hasn't really been done. Unless you go to a fucking whack ass indie show, then it was done. Vince is like, "Give me the coronavirus. I have some lemons. <laughs> <laughs> lemons, a little ginger." And a little abuelita that touches the tea. Nah, he actually thought he was going to cut up some lemons and put it in some Coronas. <laughs> he didn't have abuelita right there touching the tea? Nah, the, the jejibre. 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 <laughs> you drink some some lemon, some jejibre, y, y eso, saca la sida. <laughs> saca todo. Saca todo. Saca, saca lo viro. Saca la coronita. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some, some limon, jejibre, saca la sida. <laughs> Not the coronita, but la sida. <laughs> oh, man. But we just hope that everyone listening to our podcast just keeps listening for the weeks coming in because regardless... Show or no show, we're going to be here. We're going to give you audio fire, great content. And, you know, we might have to switch it up a bit, but you know what? We're going to switch it up for the good, for the good of the pod. I'll do my fucking, my world-renowned impersonations. (laughs) I'll spit some raps. You know, we can tell some wrestling stories and shit. Yeah, definitely. Fuck with your boys, man. We still out here. It's coronavirus, so stay safe out there. Wash your fucking hands. Make sure you're using some good old, some real disinfectant. Uh, what's that shit called? Purell. The Purell, like all that. Not yeah, real, real Purell, not the Purell, shit though. that Don't is go fucking. Don't nine nine cents. Yeah, man. Get all this shit from China. My nigga, I, I fucking, I was, I was going through the hood. I was going through flushing. Niggas were selling. The big bottle of Lysol for ten dollars. Why the Lysol had a missing L? All I gotta say. It was ISO. It was Lysol. Lysa. Oh, it was Lysol. It was Lysa. 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 That's nasty. 
Eso no saca la sida. <risa> Eso comienza la sida. Sí. <risa> <risa> oh, shit. <risa> But yo, thank you for everyone tuning in. And I know this episode is going up a little late, but it's something for y'all to rock with going in through the week until you hear us again next Saturday. Stay safe. And like Taxstone said, be safe. Stay safe out here. Beloved. Love who you love. <laughs> beloved. Beloved. Yo, be safe, beloved. <laughs> Yo, don't catch coronavirus. Don't lick no poles. Stay away from poles. Stripper poles. Subway poles. All my people in NYC, don't let no bums cough on you. And we out here, man. 20, 20 by 20 podcast, man. <laughs> I was going to say 2021 for some reason. I was going to count on Yo, this. You already, you already canceled the year, bro. But this is the 20 by 20 podcast, and I'm your host, Nathan McFly. With <sighs> Once again, it's your nigga Woodrow, man. And uh, shout out to the unofficial sponsor, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Broken Skull, IPAs, I am lit. Hell yeah! Warm yourself. Interrupt this record to bring you a special bulletin. Reports of a flying saucer hovering over the city have been confirmed. Switch now to our on-the-spot reporter downtown. And this is John Cameron Cameron downtown. Uh, pardon me, madam, would you tell our audience what would you do if the saucer burns to land? We gon' see when that sun go down. We gon' see. Talk that fresh shit now. We gon' see. Sure, feeling on me right now. Feeling on me right now. Huh? Talking to me right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, when your feelings pipe down Feeling on me right now She feeling on me My time is right now I'm in the light now Talk to me nice Say it was gonna never happen, but I survived Neverland like the Jacksons. You never swallow slanderous lies for the devil's satisfaction. I still got my glitter gloves, I still got my glitter socks. Now I'm moonwalking on your couch with many zippers on my jacket. J Cirque de Soleil. I started on Tatooine, but now I'm way out in the Dago. But Master Force made my saber, I'm in the light now. It's the hour of chaos, the black steel is on me right now. Some ask me, Jay, man, why come for so many years you've been exempt? Cause familiarity don't breed gratitude, just contempt. And the price of sanity is too damn high, just like the rent. <laughs> Sometimes I was held down by the gravity of my pen. Sometimes I was held down by the gravity of my sin. Sometimes, like Santiago, at crucial points in my novel, my only logical option was to transform into the wind. We gon' see. When that sun go down, we gon' see. Talk that fresh shit now, we gon' see. Sure, feeling on me right now. 
feeling on me right now. Huh. Talking to me right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, when your feelings pipe down. Feeling on me right now. She feeling on me. I ain't the type to let it slide or just ignore it Whatever you won't get into, my nigga, I'm here for it I had a shot of Duce, now the ace of spade is pouring My vision's 2020, and the feeling is euphoric If I'm not on my Harley, then I'm on that Panigale I'm smelling like a Marley, doing 90 on the on-ramp And my destiny is calling I represent New Orleans, my mama and my grandma And my hero, Uncle Charlie I'm trying to catch a body No, this is not a maybe, it is definitely, probably I'm gonna give you that wasabi Look, it could be the dance floor or right in your building lobby It could be in Lagos or Seattle or Chicago Hotel lobby, Grammy after party, it's what I be I'm down to catch a body I drop a gear, I disappeared and reappeared And dumped the clutch and Willie down the highway My debut album featuring whole man, this is highway robbery It's like I hit the lottery, I busted the piñati Now I'm hot like a tamale, it's just like I caught a body It will be pandemonium if I show up to the party May all my haters hit their knees and throw up in the toilet In the twinkling of an eye, I went from legend to historic Catching bodies after bodies You say my name like Candyman, I'll pop out of your closet and withdraw me your deposit I'm loyal to Eli just like Eric was the Godric I'm trying to catch a body No, no, I just caught a body I will get you that wasabi And peel off all my Ducatis We gon' see When that sun go down We gon' see Talk that fresh shit now We gon' see Yo, feeling on me right now. Feeling on me right now. Huh. Talking to me right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, when your feelings pipe down. Feeling on me right now. She feeling on me. My time is. Right now, I'm in the light now. Talk to me, nice.